While uh, everyone's finding a seat, um, I'm going to go ahead and start talking about myself because I'm pretty good at that. Um, my name is Austin Clark. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have two little brothers. Why don't you guys stand up? Yeah, there they are. Andrew and Sam. They're here at Gold Rush. Yeah, let's clap that up. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have three cats and a dog and a mom and a dad. That's why I'm here. Um, uh, I went to, very much like Carly, I went to uh, Perimeter Christian School here, first through eighth grade. Had a ball, was in the bubble. Um, then in ninth and tenth grade, I went to uh, Peachtree High School uh, in Gwinnett County. And uh, this past year, I transferred to Providence Christian Academy in Lilburn. Go Storm! And I will be attending there in the fall for uh, my senior year. Um, to start off, um, I just want to ask some people a question. So, Miranda, if you, had, if you were on an island by yourself, you can only have three things. Things. What three things would you choose? A Bible, water jug, and something to cook something in. Okay. Let's go over here to John. John, three things on a deserted island. What did you choose? Probably a weapon. A weapon? A helicopter. A helicopter. That was a good one. And a computer to learn how to fly the helicopter. That was good. Yes, James, go. Three things. Bag of money. Okay, because those are, the bag of money is going to help you. I, I don't know if Lainey's in here, but I asked her yesterday, and she said she would choose. There she is. Lainey, what things did you choose? What three things? Say it loud for all, all, all to hear. TV, <laughs> hammock, and almonds. Well, well, to be honest, it doesn't matter what you choose, because you will go crazy if you don't have some with you. Um, that's why uh, we were designed to be in community. So I'm going to play a little clip from one of my, uh, my favorite movies. Not my favorite movie, but one of my favorite movies. All right, so for anyone who hasn't watched that movie before, that movie's from I Am Legend. Um, basically, um, he had been alone for so long that the only sanity he had left was with his dog. And he was talking to his dog like, it was a person, like the dog would plan him a party or throw him a party. And then it doesn't stop there. He goes on and starts shooting a mannequin because it has been moved. And like, like we see that today and we're like, dude, it's just a mannequin. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Why are you shooting a mannequin? And then he goes off of that and he starts shooting buildings. Like, why are you just randomly shooting buildings? And so we see that no matter what you have access to, You'll go crazy without people, without community. Um, so one of the first questions I want to ask is, am I in community? And of course, everyone's like, oh, yes, of course I'm in community. Um, but, but I think it has a lot of deeper meaning than we think. Um, we are defined by our communities. Um, in school, there's, um, there's jocks, there's nerds, there's hipsters, um, there's granolas. Um, you're defined by your religion, uh, Christian, Hindu, Muslim, Buddhist. Um, we're defined by our community. 
Um, and it even says in Genesis, um, then God said, let us make mankind in our, in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over all the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Now, it's very key that we have the one, two, three, four. Fifth word is us. Us. And take note that, that Adam and Eve have not been created yet. So, so what are they talking about? Let us. Well, God is a community. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So before Adam and Eve were even created, there's community. And, and even, in fact, in Genesis 1.1, for, uh, for God created the heavens and the earth. God is a community. Um, and does anyone here know the first catechism? Other than Carly. Hannah said it. Man's primary purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. <laughs> I just had a voice crack. Now let me, now let me, let me explain that. So the very first day I had my, um, my, uh, my poncho, my sombrero, and the bullhorn, and I was just yelling at kids. And ever since then, I've been having voice cracks like every 10 minutes. Yesterday, I think I had four in here. <laughs> so, so that's probably not the first one. I'm just going to tell you guys that right now. Um, what was I saying? Man's primary purpose. That's where we were. All right, man's primary purpose is glorify God and enjoy him forever. And if we are alone, and I also want to go back to this. Um, in Genesis 1.18, it says, For it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So the earth, even after everything was created, was not perfect until there was community. So then going back to man's primary purpose, uh, if our primary purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, then we, and we were made to be in community, we cannot do that without community. We need community to fulfill our purpose. Um, I have a little analogy for us. I like to call it the shark and seal analogy. And uh, who here has watched Shark Week before? I think more. Raise your hand. Everyone here has seen Shark Week, okay? Yeah, thank you. So I was watching an episode of uh, a Shark Week, and it's this South African guy. He's like, all right, we're off the, the coast of South Africa in Cape Town, and uh, we have these two seals, and we have a single seal, and then we have a group of seals, and uh, we're going to put, put some bait on them, and we're going to throw them out in the ocean, and then, you know, we're going to wait and see here on the boat, and whichever the great white shark eats first, we'll know how they, how they survive in, uh, in uh, nature. So they're, so they're sitting out there in the boat, and they're watching, and they're watching, and then all of a sudden, this huge great white shark comes up and just, just devours the single seal, just devours it. And he's like, okay, well, this is the reason why we need to live in community, and this is why community is good in nature, because if you are swimming and you see sharks, you need to swim in groups and not just swim by yourself, because you'll get eaten and be devoured by sharks. So that's why you need community in nature. Why must we have community? Well, it's not so much a must. I, also, I like to think of it as why do we like to have community? Um, a lot of the things have to do from the first night. Life is more colorful in community. Um, 
All right. Okay, now we're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Um, here we go. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood and offering a spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So what does this mean? Rocks. Rocks. What's the big deal about rocks? Now, no one here has ever seen a living stone before. Because if you have, you're a liar, because there's no such thing as living stones. But here in the Bible, they're, they're talking about living stones. So what, what are they talking about? We are living stones. We are stones. It sounds kind of weird. It sounds kind of weak, like a weak analogy. But if you think about it, one stone does not make a building. One brick does not make a house. It takes many, many different you know, rocks or bricks to make a structure. So what this verse is saying is we are all individual stones with spiritual gifts, and we are supposed to build each other up into a holy, uh, a holy priesthood for God. So there's another example of why we must live in community. Um, there's a coal analogy. All right, so there's, uh, you have a steak, and you want to cook a steak, because I know Almost everyone in here has to love steak, unless you're a vegetarian. <laughs> now, if you want to cook a steak, you're going to have to have community. And this is why. You can't cook a steak with one piece of coal. It just can't be done, especially if you like it, you know, medium rare, pink in the middle. You're not going to be able to have that with one coal. But if you have lots of coals working together... I think you guys see where I'm going with this. You can make a nice medium rare ribeye steak, which is exactly why we should live in community again. Steak for God. So um, I also don't want to want to confuse you guys too much because I'm not just talking about any kind of community. I'm also talking about the biblical community. Um. What makes a biblical community so different, and how can we start one? Well, getting together is not easy because some people are hard to get along with. Some people are annoying. Let's just be honest. People are annoying, and you have to deal with them, and that's why it's not easy. Um, what makes the biblical Christian, Christian community so different than any other community? Let me give you an example. Um, both my parents went to the University of Georgia. Go doggies. And um, so we just got a new kicker for our football team. And uh, he uh, got a little bit carried away with drinking on Lake Sinclair and got um, arrested and kicked off the team. Now, at the University of Georgia on a football team, if you get arrested, you get kicked off the team. Simple as that. Um, very much like the fall last night. Did, after Colby talk, told us that he got arrested, did we just kick Colby out of the church? Did we just, just put him aside? No. We accept all. That's what makes a Christian community so much different than a non-Christian community. And if you're not accepting all, then you have a problem with God. Um, so living in a Christian community, 
God has all, like, like we said here in this verse, God has all um, given us different gifts, and we need to use those to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Um, actually, going back to the um, getting together is not easy. Um, too often, like Carly said, we try to pursue perfection that we can't do. So I'm going to give you a little analogy again. And um, there was a, um, let's just say a manager. And uh, he asked two groups of people. He says, I want this group of people to make as many screws as possible. And I want this group of people to make the perf- one perfect screw. He said, all right, I'll give you guys five hours to do it. Here does it, you know, best gets a prize of some sort. And so this group of people tried so hard to, to make everything in the screw perfect that they didn't even finish it after five hours. But in this group, they were making you know, screws over and over and over again, and they found out how to make the perfect screw. So what does this mean? Imperfection makes perfection. In a community, you're not always going to get everything perfect the first time. It might not be the first time, the second time, the fourth time, the 30th time, you know, whatever time it might be, it's, it's, gonna not, it's not going to be the same every single time, but it's going to get progressively better. So don't just give up after one try. If, if you go to church once and you didn't like it or you didn't get along with somebody, doesn't mean that you just don't go ever back again. You, you, it gets better. Um, and I really screwed this analogy up yesterday, so I'm really, really going to try to do it right this time. Um, there's two types of ice. Uh, see what you did there? He said screw, and I just gave a screw analogy. That was funny. <laughs> there's two types of ice, okay? There's thick ice and there's thin ice. And so let's say this is the thin ice, and let's say over there is thick ice. I can have all the faith I want to in thin ice, but as soon as I put my weight on it, I'm going to fall through. And I can have almost no faith in thick ice, but as soon as I put all my weight on it, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to stand up. So what does this mean? Yeah, think carefully because I messed this up yesterday. I can have um, a strong faith, but as soon as I get involved in a community that's not glorifying God and that's not enjoying him forever, I'm going to fall through. But if I... Um, if I'm, I might have, you know, very little faith in the community that I'm in and not have the strongest faith in the world, but be in a good Christian community that glorifies God and enjoys him forever, then I'm going to stand up tight. I'm going to be fine. Um, and uh, now I, I really want to talk about, you know, getting accountable also. Um, so there's a verse in Romans, uh, Romans 14, 21, I believe. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. Does anyone think they know what this means? Yes. So lead by example. That's a good example. Thank you. That was very good. Lead by example. So when when you're leading by example, um, that's good. And uh, it's always good to lead by example. Um, but also, what has to do with leading by example is um, accountability. Um, 
if you're not, there's a difference between um, confession and repentance. What's your name? James. James. Me and James, I'm going to show you guys the difference between repentance and confession. Um, this would be like, um, like a confession. James, your shoes are really, really ugly. Like, they're really ugly. They are. And then I was like, and then, you know, maybe a couple minutes might pass, and you know, you know what, James, I'm really sorry that I called your shoes ugly, because I wish I had those shoes, because they're cool shoes. And then if I were to go over here and say, you know, like, look at James's shoes, they're all dirty, and they got holes all in them, that's confession, okay? That's saying you're sorry, but you're not doing anything about it. And this would be repentance. Hey, James, your shoelaces are stupid, just thought I'd tell you that. And then I feel bad about it, and then I might say, you know what, James, I'm sorry for saying that about your shoelaces. They're actually really cool. And then, and then I don't go off and say anything. That's the difference between confession and repentance. Confession is just saying I'm sorry, and repentance is saying I'm sorry and then doing something about it. And uh, in Jeremiah 15, 19, it says, therefore, this is what the, therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you repent, I will restore you, that you may serve me. If you utter worthy, not worthiness, words you may be my spokesman, let this people turn to you, but you must not turn to them. What does this verse mean? Well, I'm going to give you an analogy to explain this verse. Um, there's a man I think all of you probably know, and uh, he was persecuting some Christians, Talking about Saul and Paul, yes. And, and this is like my modern translation of what, what the story of, of Paul is. Osama bin Laden. Many of you guys know who Osama bin Laden is. Let's say Osama bin Laden is still alive, okay? So, thank goodness he's not, though, right? America. <laughs> Let's say he's still alive, okay? And, um, and, and he is just doing more terroristic acts, blowing schools up, whatever Osama bin Laden was doing, we all know it was bad. And, um, and just like one day, him just being like vision from the Lord, and he just changes completely, and then he starts preaching the gospel. That's, that's to me, that's the, that's the modern translation of the story of Saul and Paul. So that's like saying almost that, you know, even God can use Osama bin Laden. Even, that sounds crazy. That's crazy talk. Osama bin Laden? No way. But, but God can use anyone. So, so don't judge someone because God says they can be restored. Um, so how do we confront someone? Um, first, don't judge. Um, but, but I'm going to give you six steps. The first step is, um, is ask questions. Empathize. Um, don't just go up to someone, and what I like to say is shoving the Bible down their throat. And don't, don't hit them with the Bible, okay? Don't just show them some verses and, tell, and condemn them to hell. Um, ask questions. Empathize. Two, seek wisdom. Um, I think uh, the servant team talked about this, about how Solomon asked for wisdom. Um, wisdom is is never, ever a bad thing. I can't think of it ever being a bad thing. Um, three, take others with you. 
Um, it means a lot more. Um, in the Bible, it says that a three-length chain is unbroken or unbreakable. Four, be bold. Okay, the people yesterday really liked this one because I said be bold. And they said, and I kind of went off and said, you know, too often there's an elephant in the room and you kind of just like get your body out like this. You kind of try to, try to block the elephant in the room. You try to say everything else that's in the room except for the elephant. And so be bold, you know, don't, don't hold back anything. Um, they need to know what they're doing wrong. Um, do not condemn, make accountability. Like I said, you know, don't shove the Bible down their throat. Um, six, person, not project. I struggle with this a lot. I like to think of someone as like, you know, what can I do to help this person grow in faith? What can I do to help this and help that? And I think them as them more as a project than a person. Um, in John 4, we don't have a verse for it, but um, it's the story of Jesus and the woman of the well. And um, uh, we know that this woman is a prostitute, um, that she's had many husbands that, and divorced them, and that she's Samaritan. And Jesus is a Jew, and at that time, Jews did not talk to Gentiles. And um, so... Going back to Jeremiah 15, 19, God didn't judge this woman for being a prostitute or for divorcing and not keeping her vows. God, um, God actually gave her the living water. Um, so that's just where I really want to end. And um, finishing up, um, I'm going to have the prayer team come forward. Um, you guys know who you are. And um, if you guys um, want to be a part of this community... Um, I'm having prayer team up here. And it's not just if you want to be a part of the community. It's if you need prayer, if you need healing, if you just need someone to talk to, they'd be more than happy to do that. And um, I really just ask you guys to take advantage of this time. Um, don't be shy because you need to be bold. Don't avoid the elephant in the room. So we're just going to dim the lights and play some music. And if you decide not to come up and have prayer, then it's just going to be a time of silent confession and repentance or in, in just asking God for wisdom.